welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. With me today, I have Kiki Dombrowski and Susan Demeter, the Witch Sisters. All of us are together, the three weird sisters. And we're going to talk about the holiday of Samhain, which most people know of as Halloween. And no, I know it's it's spelled like Samhain. It is not Samhain. So... What are you all doing for Samhain this year? I am so glad you let off with the Samhain thing. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like Samhain. It's very confusing. It is. It is. It is. But it's a Celtic word, so it has a really interesting pronunciation. Yes. Um, yes. Samhain. Yes. Right? Samhain. Or Samhain. Yeah. I've heard you know, it both ways. Yeah. I, I think when I was a teenager, I probably made that mistake based on bad kind of horror movies, mm. um, Sam Hayman, until I was uh, corrected. <laughs> you know? um, so it's, I think it's an honest mistake, but uh, oh, oh, it, it is, is. Samhain. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, now, it's, it's, it's almost like I say tarot, it doesn't rhyme with carrot. Like yeah, when people say yeah. carrot. <laughs> I, I just but, saw somebody on TikTok talking about tarot. But I don't remember who it was. But it was somebody like making fun of it, it, it basically satirizing everything. But I can't remember who it was. Um, yeah, I hear tarot and tarot. Yeah, those are the two that I hear. And then you know, it's it, it it's just it is it's it's unusual because if you read the word mm-hmm. Samhain for years, yes, you think it's Samhain, and you know, yes, it's just I didn't know at first either. No. No, and I don't think anybody in the United States or Canada or anywhere that doesn't speak a Gaelic language would know unless they heard it first from somebody who knew. Um, Because, you know, that's not the way we make phonemes in English. So, you know. It's not a tongue twister like Luagnasad. (laughs) See, you say that better than me. It's like, it's Lunasad something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or Lunasa. People say Lunasa. Um, you could just call it Happy Bread Day. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I think that would, I'd prefer Happy Bread Day. Well, I'd call it Lunasa. Um, but, you know, it, it's an, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not easy. It is not easy unless you're a Gaelic speaker. It's, it's mm-hmm. not. Um, now, my husband did long, long ago make a, a reference to Sam Haynes. Because he dressed as Samhain for Halloween for the witch's ball. He got a mint green leisure suit and he wore horns and he got this ridiculously huge pentagram and got a ridiculously huge silver chain to hang it around his neck like he was a disco dude. And he had a a name tag that said Samhain. And he ran around and shook people's hands and introduced himself as Sam Hain, used broomstick salesman. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he did play with that really, really well. And, of course, he had such curly hair, you couldn't tell the horns were, you know, tied on. So, Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so. Uh, what, what kind of things do you like to do for, for Samhain? Well, for myself, I, I view it as a time um, 
to do some banishing. I like to um, reflect on the past year. I do accept it as a new year um, Mm -hmm. within my own practice. So I, I reflect on perhaps things that were negative, things that are no longer serving me, um, things that might have not worked out for me. And I tend to write these things down. Um, I may even draw them out and, you know, like actually sketch them. And then I'll burn it. Mm-hmm. I have a wood stove. And then I'll, I'll just, as part of my, uh, my, my Samhain rituals, I'll do a banishing. Um, and then start maybe thinking about the new year and, um, new things that I might want to do and, uh, you know, ways that I I might want to, um, you know, bring in, in, in more luck or, you know, or, or good things uh, towards me, towards my family. So I, I use it part of the time that way. Also, you know, honoring my ancestors, Uh, When I was in Canada recently, um, I was able to spend most of the summer uh, with family that I hadn't seen in three years. Um, And I was able to bring home some pictures and photos of of various family members. So I've been going through those like in the kind of lead up to Samhain um, and getting my altar ready, my honoring table uh, for my ancestors. So for me, it's a very meditative time. I also, um, at at each, uh, Sabbath, I like to take a ritual bath. Uh, so these are the types of things that I'll be doing, um, here and as well as it's, it's Halloween and Halloween happens to be my husband's birthday. So along with Samhain and the period of Samhain, um, is, is this wonderful celebration of the man I love. So, yeah so it it all works yeah 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 so it's 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 joyous but also meditative and um yeah it's it's probably my favorite time of year and favorite holiday because i mean uh, both Samhain and and halloween because i like all the kitschy stuff i like dressing up i like giving out candy i i like all that kind of thing so you know even when i was a little child's favorite way better for me than christmas yeah. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. I call Halloween the beginning of the Holy Trinity, where <laughs> I I am obsessed with Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the decorations. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I was mentioning before we started that I, was, I went to TJ Maxx. I'm always there, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I have to go and look at all the little cute Halloween knickknacks. Yeah. And you know, it, it seems that. Uh, as as every year comes through, there's more and more witchy themed mm-hmm. things. Like Michael's, uh, I went to Michael's. Who's his next door? Michael's <laughs> has, um, you know, it's a craft store, and they had like a whole collection of like potion bottles yeah. and you know grimoires and 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 you know uh, palm, you know, like palmistry pictures and. I really like it. I, I have no problem with it. It really brings me joy. Um, you know, I wonder how it feels looking at those things if you are not a practicing witch um, and how it impacts you energetically. For me, it brings me joy because I think it's really cute. I love all those knickknacks. I love like the little, they have like Halloween gnomes this year. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love the Halloween gnomes. I, I actually got one. 
um, because I was spending a lot of time at Michael's when I was in Canada. (laughs) And my sister has like the entire Halloween village. I don't know how much money she spent on this, but it takes, yeah, she's got a table just dedicated to the Halloween village, which is just so amazing. I think I got one of the little villagers a witch. But uh, she has like the witch's cottage and and the apothecary shop oh, and there's wow. like some groovy diner with zombies and things and it it all lights up and so we oh, spent wow. a lot of time at Michael's yeah 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 so That's I I told awesome. I could bring the whole store home with me if I could but um, <laughs> I just had little knickknacks and things like you said I I just love them they bring me joy too. Um, I think even if I I wasn't a witch, um, I think it still would because I have such fond memories of Halloween and being a child and, you know, um, the, even just the peanuts uh, in Charlie Brown, Halloween, you know, sitting in the pumpkin patch and all that. I rewatch that now mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because it's just, I just even the the music just brings that smile and that joy and it's such a fun time of year. Yeah. I, I love the peanuts, um, the great pumpkin. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I was teasing Morgan Daimler because she, she, you know, she, she can translate from Gaelic. So someone had given her some kind of uh, flack for not including Kernunos with Irish gods, which is proper. He's not. And I said, how could you forget the great pumpkin? (laughs) And it gave her a laugh because yeah, the great pumpkin is, I guess he's our American sort of spirit of Halloween and he's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, We always watch, Nightmare Before Christmas twice a year, once for Halloween and once while we're wrapping presents around the Christmas holiday. Another so, classic. Yes. Classic. I have, I don't know, do you, I guess, do you guys know what a Squishmallow is? It's like a pillow kind of velvety stuffed being. I have Jack Skellington <gasps> as a Squishmallow. Oh, wow. He's on my bed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fox would be so jealous. So, so jealous. <laughs> I just love Jack Skellington. Yeah. I've got like Jack, I got so many, so much Jack Skellington swag, but that is my favorite thing is I found it while I was in Canada and it's just, it's so wonderful to squish it and hug it and just, yeah, you know, it's, it's so amazing. My favorite they, thing now, my, my they squishmallow are the Jack Skellington. Mm-hmm. They are the squishiest, pushiest, most wonderful, fluffy things. I love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the speaking of Michaels, I it wasn't Michaels that Fox and I went to. It was Joanne's. Uh, we don't have a Michaels here in town. We have to go to Columbus for that. Um, but Joanne's had every uh, all of their Halloween stuff on seventy percent off. So, uh, but we're not going to put it up for Halloween. That's the funny part. It's actually going to be for solstice. We're going to have a witch tree this year and probably for every year thereafter because Christmas hasn't always been a happy time with members of our family. There have been issues in the past. So, you know, every year we've kind of paganized it more and more and more. And this year we're finally just going to celebrate on the solstice with our very pagany tree 
um, with uh, these two black sparkly uh, trees that we found that are supposed to be for Halloween at Joanne's and I'm going to put little lights in it. And then I have a white angel that I've been using for a while as a Perkta uh, figure as the, the white woman, the white lady of the black forest. And mm-hmm. she brings the snow and the cold and she has an entourage of uh, the spirits and ghosts of, of children and she watches over them, and she hangs out with the wild men who are called the Perkton. They're named after her, not the other way around. And they have horns. So I I put that together, and instead of poinsettias that look really flowery and Christmassy, it's going to look proper Black Forest this year with the bear trees and all of the animals. And it'll, oh, wonderful. It'll be, it'll be awesome. So Fox and I bought all of the stuff, you know, and then put it with the Christmas stuff in the basement and it's going to come out in December. And <laughs> so I'll put pictures up then. Uh, mostly for Halloween, besides all of the fun stuff, because I still have, I mean, Morgana's 33 now, but she still takes Fox out. Fox is 16. They're both small enough that they look like, you know, older adolescents. So... They still go out and go trick or treating, and um, they you know, they dress up and they have a great time. And I, it, you know, the the Halloween for me is a lot of of kid stuff, but it's also the Samhain part. I always have a little altar for the ancestors, um, similar to Susan with burning things to release them or to unbind them. I have a cauldron that I use to burn things in. And um, if I've had any pets or family or friends who have died in the, in the year prior, I always write their names and, and, you know, messages of love and then burn it to let it go to the spirit world to, so they know that I haven't forgotten them and they're still loved. So that's one of the things I do. Um, another thing that I have done in the past with a group is have what's called a dumb supper. I don't like that, that name because it's, it sounds, it just, people don't get the meaning of it from the name of it, but basically we eat in silence and set places for the ancestors and we welcome them and then we eat silently and mindfully. And um, that's really hard in our family. We, we, we're too talkative. We can't, we can't do that. It just doesn't work. Um, so I just make an altar for the ancestors and leave food offerings. And I have to be very careful to put them up high where the dogs can't get to them. And they have to be something that the cats won't like. So it's usually things like apples that they won't, mm-hmm. you know, go after. Um, but apples are symbolic as well. So. Because if you cut them crosswise, not up and down, if you cut them crosswise, there's a five-pointed star inside mm-hmm. from the seeds. So that's... An apple. Sorry. Huh? Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and apples, too, uh, are such a wonderful salmon symbol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
they really, you know, I associate them with Salon. I associate them with, you know, sort of like the, the fruit of the other world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much divination associated with, with apples at Samhain mm-hmm. as well. Well, or Halloween, I should say. There's lots of Victorian Halloween games yeah. that involve apple divination. Yeah, go. Or in, like grabbing for apples, too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That was... Um, I'm not really sure, I, uh, but I think it had something to do with uh, divination of who your your sweetheart would be or something of, uh, along those that nature. I don't know. It's not something I've ever really done, but <laughs> I've seen it in, in again in in folklore and and that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. peanuts, of course, they were bobbing for apples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the only time I did it, I got water up my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's one apple divination where you pair the peel. So you peel it and you um, try and make it as long of a peel as possible. The whole apple if possible. And you take the peel and throw it over your left shoulder and it will land in the shape of the letter of your future love right yeah we did that in west virginia but it's yeah you know i've tried it before and you know sometimes it's tough to decipher a letter out of an apple peel yeah yeah that's usually (laughs) what i got so i just uh, (laughs) didn't worry about it um but i but we did have contests to see how long of an apple peel we could we could peel off in one one go and uh yeah i got in trouble with that in in culinary school we were supposed to use peelers to do that and i was always pairing apple peels with a knife and you know i got crabbed at they were like oh you're wasting some of the apple and it's just like okay i'm sorry (laughs) weirdo (laughs) i've never used a peeler i I just always used a paring knife it's easier it's faster yeah yeah. It's way faster. Same with potatoes. They get on me about it with the potatoes. I'm like, you can't peel the, pull the eyes out or anything as well. So I just made sure they didn't see what I was doing. I, you know, kind of skulk around in the corner using my paring knife. <laughs> if, you, if I saw anybody coming, I'd drop it and then pull the peeler out and act like I was actually doing what I was supposed to do. <laughs> Food. I love the food of fall too. You know mm-hmm. the harvest. You know, it's considered the the final harvest right. of the season. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the last of the crops that you're grabbing. And they also there's also the the folklore that says don't pick any blackberries or berries off of bushes after Samhain mm-hmm. because those are for the the, the, the fae mm-hmm. or you'll get sick. Like I remember, it's like you know the, the, that's the fae food. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you saying potatoes made me think of another really fun. This is a custom that I try and do every single salad. I make a batch of coal cannon, mm. um, which is an Irish dish of just basically like mashed root vegetables. So it's um, potato. Uh, there's turnip in it. Um, what else did I put in it? Leeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I feel like I'm missing something really important. Green onions, 
uh, kale. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, for, for non-vegans, just add a ton of cream and butter. Um, and, and, you know, for vegans, there are definite replacements. But the nice thing about Cole Cannon at Halloween is that it can also become a divination game where there are these little traditionally, and you have to do it carefully so people, it's not a choking hazard, but traditionally people would put these little trinkets into the Cole Cannon. And uh, depending on what trinket you get in your serving determines your you know how your new year your next year is going to go yeah um well that's interesting yeah it's so fun it's really delicious too oh yeah yeah (laughs) it's such a good comfort food oh my god um so you know like like if you get the coin you're going to have money and um i guess there's these little like baby figurines people say you can get them for king king's cake as well yeah um that means you're going to you know, have a baby or a ring means you're going to get married. So it's like very traditional, but you know, in 2022, we can add whatever trinkets we want and give new meanings if we feel like it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But even without the trinkets, it's a really great Halloween or Samhain tradition. Um, And sounds yummy. Like you said, comfort food, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's why I love this, this like, you know, it's the the holy trinity i love the food like i just want to like eat warm food and just just put pumpkin spice and in every everything. darn thing yeah mm-hmm. um apple pie uh the soups the slow cooker all that stuff like i just want i, I love cozy comfort that's right um, yeah so Halloween and Samhain is sort of like the celebration and in a way too we were talking earlier about kind of like the fun of finding witchy decorations in a way our homes are large altars. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you find those fun things that you can hang up, it's like dressing a large altar, your home and making it, you know, a magical place to reflect the the magic of one of the oldest, you know, still being practiced holidays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the idea of the home as an altar. Um, and uh, I know that, I know that one of the New Year's things you're supposed to do is you're supposed to clean your house and dust it really well. And I always somehow manage to not remember to do that. I don't know why. Um, but around Halloween, my my feeling is, is the cobwebs are now decor. Um, <laughs> it, it helps give that Adams family feel to the house. Zach just noticed some in the living room. He's like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, but, you know. Spiders got to live too. They got to have a house. So, so long as they're up there in the top corners of the room, they're not down here scaring the pants off of me. So they live up there. And he's like, okay, I know that sounds like an excuse, but I also know that you really don't love the spiders down near you. And I'm like, exactly. I like them doing their thing in their place. So, um, yeah, we, we don't do the, the dusting and sweeping everything quite as diligently as we should. But um, one of the other New Year's things that I think is, is really uh, a, f- a fun thing to do, like um, Susan said, is, is looking for what you want to bring into the New Year with you, what you want to end and what you want to begin so i i like that thought i like to um if i'm working on a project i like to 
to sort of do some ritual to bring it forward. You know, you can't always start a project right on the perfect astrological date, you know, or holiday date. It just doesn't happen that way. But you can you can kind of give it a little push when you come to the nearest holiday and sort of, you know, mm-hmm. sort of give it a good send off into the ether. So I'll be doing that this year and we'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, uh, costumes. I love costumes. So, yeah, we, we tend to go to the, the Ren Fair closest to Halloween that we can manage. So that's did you dress up or are you going to be in a costume on Halloween proper? Um, I dressed up for the for the Ren Fair. I was wearing one of my witchy outfits because most of my clothes can eventually be turned into witchy outfits. Not the stuff I wear every day. The stuff I wear every day, I, I kind of just, it, it's stuff that I can get food or plant material or dirt or paint on because I'm always messing in something that's messy. Um, I said not that long ago to Steph Quick, I didn't understand how Frida Kahlo could wear those beautiful clothes that she wore all the time and paint because I've got photographs of her. I mean, maybe they were just posed or something. I don't know. But she's painting in these gorgeous dresses. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that. There's no way. Um, I can be wearing, you know, the the crappiest of clothes and, you know, I'll get it on me and, and it just becomes crappier clothes. But... Um, for the for the Ren Fair, I did dress up in in my witchier sorts of outfits, and uh, but I didn't wear my witch hat. I thought about it, but it was too warm. Um, it's black, and it was uh, just it wool. It was too no, no. It was not cool enough in Ohio for that business. Uh, but we had fun, and uh, we all dressed up, so we had a great time. Nice. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I like to dress up. Um, yeah. Not when I'm painting or, or doing things around the house. No, because, like, aside from the fact I'm a slob. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I would wreck my, my fun witchy outfits. But yeah, I do exactly. I do try to dress up, or especially around Halloween, of course. I'll, I'll do something fun. But with my witchy outfits, I do try to wear them out and about just for my own. I For me... It's part of my magical toolkit because I see myself then truly as a witch when I'm kitted out like one, including my broomstick. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I I have a couple of them that I've decorated and, and really made my own. So I do. I love that. I love dressing up. I I love the idea of costume parties and things like like just Halloween for me is just that wonderful time of year where we can just do and be and you know whatever we want you know yeah yeah Yeah. it's fun it can be empowering too yeah oh yeah Yeah. i i always say that when when you dress up on halloween it could be as magical as Mm shape-shifting so you know use it as an opportunity to consider it as glamour magic what do you want to be what do you want to embody what are the things that are special and sacred to you or are you trying to be funny and silly you know um i don't know i'm i'm obviously kind of wimpy so i don't like horror movies and i don't like 
guts and gore. And, you know, so for Halloween, for me, I always try and think of what is something I want to embody? And can I bring that into my makeup or into the colors or into what I wear? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of fun. I have an art class on Halloween. Oh. So I feel really cool because I get to put on the costume of painter. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Or, or artist which I really like. I really like that. So. Yeah. What kind of art class is it? It's watercoloring. Woo! It's foundations of watercoloring. So cool. I'm trying. Cool. Doing my best. <laughs> cool. Well, as you know, I've been playing with watercolor too. So oh, yeah. I, I can, I can hook you up with some handmade watercolors that are really, really interesting. I have some coming that I got for my birthday. So we'll see how they are and I'll report back. Um, yeah, I love the sparkly ones that you've been sharing. Yeah, those are fun. Sounds beautiful. Those are fun. Mm. The ones mm -hmm. I, I got for my birthday are, they're called granulating colors, which is a way that the pigment spreads in different patterns with the water. So instead of being a wash of color, you have a wash of color and then you get this particulate matter that comes out of the pigment like it 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 dries in different um rates so you'll have little speckles of color through the wash so it's every time you use it it's going to be different that's so cool yeah. that's like and then, magical yeah alchemy <laughs> yeah and then you also have these weird colors that are duochrome so they have two colors in there. It looks like one color when you wet it and then when you put it over the paper. But then they dry at different rates because of the types of pigment. And you get a like you use two colors at once. So these are fun. I will I will keep you in the loop, both of you. To me, that's yes, just as magical as using a magic wand. Um, mm -hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. And you could bring magic into your art oh, yeah. in so many ways. So many ways, even from crafting and for, yes. you know, people who you know, we're talking about lots of ancestral, you know, decorations. I always think like, think about all the altered art that you can create from spell bottles to candles, to a painting, um, to sigils, to a mixed media piece that, you know, is a book of shadows page. There's so much you could do. And I think that Salon is a wonderful time to tap into that. And, you know, if, if you're looking for a prompt, um, maybe what Susan was saying earlier too, you know, like, um, what is reflect on your previous year? What was, what were the highlights? What, what are you ready to leave behind and what do you want to bring in for the following year? Yeah. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Or doodle it or automatic draw it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, also handcrafts for people mm -hmm. who sew, who spin, who crochet, who knit. I just started knitting this, this summer. Thank yeah. You. And uh, so I've, I've just started to perfect it enough that I feel confident enough I'm going to try to make a scarf for my husband so I'm going to be pouring my intentions into this scarf so and that's something too that I'll be I'll be starting out in this Sawin season um so and and yeah I'll be thinking like you know the intentions I want yep for him into this into this piece that I'm making that I'm handcrafting so I really I really have 
loving knitting now. So who knows where it's going to go, but I'm kind of, that's my thing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Macrame is another good one. Um, lots and lots of old folk magic and old witchcraft spells had knots in them, mm-hmm. or it was spinning a thread that had bits and pieces of stuff other than the fiber in it, like hair, someone's mm-hmm. hair, or bits of herbs or plants. Like you can, you can spin, uh, uh, thorns or nettles into, the thread that you're making or into the yarn that you're making. And so lots and lots of the really old stuff has that. Um, also embroidery, the way women and girls did uh, samplers. If you look at the poetry in some of them, it, it sounds like a spell, some of it. You know, the blessings, each stitch is a, a thought or a wish. So about anything creative you do, is it can be magical if you do it with intention mm-hmm. and knitting and weaving just feels like it's like a meditative practice yes. that puts you in a trance. Yeah, it really is. It re- that's why I'm enjoying it so much. It's yes. like, yeah, it's, it, it's really meditative. It's so relaxing. Yes. That's how I feel when I do cr- uh, crochet. I learned crochet first. When I was a kid, I never could do the knitting as well because it's two things. Uh, it was two sticks. One stick was easier for me. So I started crochet as a kid and I can do it without looking at it. Um, I did finally learn how to knit. Thank you, Internet. Um, but it's still I'm not quite as able to do it as fluidly as I can with crochet. But crochet, man, I can just sit there and think about other things or think about whatever I want that piece to do or be. So it's a lot of fun. Um, embroidery, I can do the same way. Um, now sewing garments on the sewing machine is not nearly as meditative or fun for me, but, <laughs> but that involves yeah. taking flat fabric and making it fit a three-dimensional form. That's not as easy. Yeah, no, my mother used to love to sew. Like, oh, most of my clothes as a child were hand done or with the sewing machine that my mom was like, she was such a good seamstress. And I could feel that the intention that she mm-hmm. put in the love in those clothing and, and things. I am not good as a seamstress. Like, I did have a sewing machine for a while. And it's just like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a talent. But mm-hmm. the knitting for me seems to be working out. So Yay. that's my, that's my awesome. Samhain, one of my Samhain projects that I'm beginning in the cozy season that's coming. Like you yes. said, time for comfort food and knitting and, you know, warmth and, you know, family if we have one or, or you know, people that we're close to and we love. Our beings are, are, are my cats, you know. So, yeah, it is a lovely time of year. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, you know, I know it's spooky time. And uh, I'm like Kiki. I mean, I can stomach gross things in movies pretty well, because I know it's special effects. But if it's about something like uh, a serial killer or something, I can't watch it because that to me is a real horror. 
I don't like that. But if yeah. it's about if it's about ghosts or whatever, it it generally doesn't bother me. Um, mainly because most movies don't capture what a haunted area is actually like. Um, yeah, exactly. Stories it's... can do that. Um, my dad used to read ghost stories out loud on Halloween once I was old enough to not, you know, run screaming <laughs> into the night. Uh, but yeah, it, we could we could do ghost stories, especially some of the older ones like by Algernon Blackwood or Ambrose Bierce. Um, he really liked those. So we would and of course, Edgar Allan Poe. Um, speaking of gruesome, um, but uh, I, I generally don't like really gruesome stuff. So I like to do, uh, but I do recognize that, you know, most people recognize um, the otherworldly as being closer at Saw One Time, that the the veil between the worlds is thin at Saw One Time, thinner than mm -hmm. any other time of year besides Beltane. Now, I think that, that that's technically because the trooping fairies of Ireland and Scotland moved on those two days. They they gathered together and moved from one of their dwelling places to another. That's the tradition. But I, I think that, you know, there's enough folklore from all over the world that says that, you know, the dead rise and move on on uh, Halloween, Samhain, anyway, even if it's, you know, not in Europe. There's there's certain days that the dead rise. And that's part of where trick-or-treating came from, is people dressed as ghouls and, and the dead and the good folk as a means of of fellowship with them. Also, so they wouldn't mess with you because they thought you were one of their own. That was another of the little little tricks that you could pull. Um, but I, I, I really like that um, the idea of talking with your ancestors. You know, people are afraid of ghosts. And, and generally, if it is the ghost of a human, if it really is someone who is deceased, generally they're not that scary. I, I always think of them as either confused or sad or they're just looking out for you, if it, yeah. especially if they're a relative. They're almost always looking in for your, your welfare to make sure that the people they left behind are okay. So, you know, that's part of why you leave one, one window cracked open or one of your doors part way open so they can come in and, you know, you ask them to come in and, you know, I figure if you ask someone to come in, it's really rude to be afraid of them if they do. That is true. <laughs> I always feel like the ancestors have our back on the mm -hmm. other side. And um, so, and, and I've never really come across, as you've said, like a human spirit that's really, you know, horrified me or scared me or, you know, more of a curious like, oh, you know, you're here. Right? Like, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. So I don't, I don't view that part of, um, I guess probably because of being a witch, um, mm -hmm. that part of, of the spirit world is being the scary kind of kitsch stuff that we see 
like in horror films or that are part of like say Halloween, even though mm-hmm. there's like the sort of blending of Samhain with Halloween. But I I view Samhain in a different sense than I do Halloween. Mm-hmm. I, I do like horror movies. I'm going to just say that straight up. I do like them. <laughs> I like zombie films and things. Oh, those I know are fun. That. Yeah. But I, I also get that, you know, some, it's just not for some people. Yeah. You know, like I, I have one, I have three daughters. One's really into horror movies and she'll watch them with me. Um, the other one's somewhat into horror movies and the other one, no, not at all. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so, I mean, it, different things for different people, right? Yeah. But uh, but I get you, uh, especially with the true crime stuff, you have to be very, you know, you have to be respectful of the fact that people have suffered and that this is a crime and it's it's something very different than, you know, like spooky right. fun, right? Like a right. good yeah, ghost story or something. Yeah. 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 See, and I, even though I don't like horror movies, I, 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 and this might be really weird, shocking, but I love like paranormal TV. Like I love it. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's, you know, entertainment first and foremost, it isn't, you know, you know, there are some shows that I totally do not like. Yeah. Um, there are some that I just, I'm, I love to watch. Um, so while I can't watch horror movies, I really loved watching the Holster Files. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was really good. Um, and I loved, uh, you know, not ghosts, but Expedition Bigfoot. And so this time of year, I really like to curl in with like a mug of hot cider and watch my little ghost shows. <laughs> yeah, those are fun, uh, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like, yeah. like sometimes like even if you take it like um some of this stuff with a grain of salt because like, obviously it's for entertainment but the places that some of these people will go to um you know they're just it's amazing because like they're places I may never get to go to mm-hmm. but I'm fascinated by them so like I especially like like all the the castles and things like that in oh, in yeah. the UK I, I like that kind of thing like you know world's most haunted <laughs> so i mean yeah, like even yeah. with yvette yvette fielding and and that i still like <clears throat> you know okay i'll take this part as entertainment but at the same point i like the places they're going to it's so interesting and you know i'd like to go ghost hunting there <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah i totally get it yeah savannah is supposed to be a very very haunted town mm-hmm you know, but I, I really have not engaged with anything paranormal and maybe I'm separated from it because I live, you know, away from the downtown area, mm-hmm. but we have, ghost, it's a town that has like the ghost tours and, you know, there's haunted cemeteries and some pretty, it's interesting. I, I don't know. It almost hurts to hear some of the tragedies that come with the hauntings. Yes. In Savannah, whereas when I hear the stories of, you know, the you know Nottingham Castle or whatever, I, I'm just like, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you know what what makes it different, but um, yeah, I, I, I love. I, I'm I'm happy to know that that this is a town that that celebrates. Um, maybe it's a way to honor the dead. Maybe that's one way to look at it. We're mm-hmm. honoring the dead by highlighting their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then that would be a fun thing to do too for Halloween if you can is like go on a um a ghost tour or like you know even a dark history kind of tour or 
something like that to to kind of get into the spirit of the season and and like you said in some ways it can be you know as long as they're not exploiting like i've i've seen some that are kind of exploitive or like i don't like when people scream at the dead like you know oh that's like, stop stop screaming at the dead like no like <laughs> um but otherwise yeah it could be fun to fun things to do in a way to honor um, people that have gone before us because I view the ancestors not just as my direct like people but the ancestors could be like great witches of the past or mm-hmm. people that call out to me um, you know that may not have a direct link to me per se but I view them as as an ancestor because we are all linked you know mm-hmm. at the end of, at the it's end true. of the day we are so but I, I will look at at the ancestors as a, as larger than just my direct family kind of line. So, so these things can yeah. be honoring the dead, you know, in in a much greater kind of way. The 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 dead of Savannah, right? Am I saying that right? So Savannah, Savannah, Savannah. Savannah. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a beautiful cemetery here called Bonaventure. Yeah, and it, that one's pretty. Yeah, it's a really pretty cemetery, um, and that's something people enjoy at this time of year too. Um, there's always like lantern tours, or like you know, mm-hmm. tours that go through the cemetery in the evening at this time of year. Um, I find that a really special way to honor the dead as well, is to reflect on, you know. Uh, what messages they leave behind in their gravestones. And, um, you know, I grew up in Connecticut and all the colonial, you know, like the town I grew up in has this old, old, old cemetery, like revolutionary war stones. Right. So it's always just been so fun to like go and read. And it really is a place that can be a place of, you know, memento mori. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. really remembering that you know we're we're all heading in the same direction yep yep nobody gets out of this life alive it doesn't happen it just doesn't definitely a reflection of Samhain it's certainly you know something that people ponder and think about this time of year Mm -hmm. yeah and not just that but also grief and, and coping with grief and working through grief and you know addressing it and being okay when you have a moment where you have grief um you know i think that maybe that's a little bit more deep it's psychological it's not as fun as saying like yeah we eat candy but you know but it's still it's (laughs) americans don't like to talk about grief and we don't like to talk about death and we don't like to think about death so anything that puts us towards that area in a semi-positive healthy way i think is great um, I agree because we we are separated from death very very much and I think that's bad for our psyches and and the idea of being afraid of something that is going to happen it just is is kind of maladaptive and it it really I, I think it just does something to our psyches that isn't healthy and um, the more we, we engage with the idea that, no, this is going to happen, the better we can deal with it when it does happen. I agree. Because it's gonna. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I do, I do. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kiki, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, and, and, and learning how to move through those stages that stage with grace, not for yourself, but also for the people that you might be holding space for yes. as they go through that. Yes. It is, it's, it's heavier conversation, but I think it's so valuable and precious. Um, there's actually a hospice nurse and I don't know her name, but she's on TikTok and Instagram. And she talks really, really openly about, you know, sort of what occurs during these final phases and, you know, how people cope and, you know, the stories she share, you know, are really empowering in some way it makes you feel comfortable with it. So I think that when we do discuss it, we have to have a little bit more comfort. So it's really nice to listen to her. Um, and she also brings up the fact that one very, very common occurrence with many, many people when they're kind of in the final stages of life is that they start talking to people you don't see. Yeah. They see other people. This, you know, I've, I've watched it personally. Um, they're talking to somebody who's there having a full conference, looking up and talking. Um, and this is very common. Yeah. It's just expected. This happened which, with both my parents um, and my yeah. grandmother. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I, I absolutely hear you. In, in the case of my mom, um, we were able to pre-plan because uh, we knew she was terminally ill and she wanted to die at home, which she did, um, uh, surrounded by her loved ones. My aunties, after she had passed, they, they cleaned her up. We dressed her in, um, in, in the outfit that she wanted to be in. We put in her teeth and brushed her hair, you know, did her nails and everything and got to spend that time with her before they came the coroner had to come and pick her up and bring her to the funeral home but I think it was very cathartic for us to be able to do that as a family and I've told that to other people who have found it kind of weird oh your mom died at home and you were brushing her hair and all that but I mean I think that that's part of the idea that we're separated from death too much and I think that if we were able to maybe this is not for everybody to to be able to tend to the, their own dead but if we had if we were more connected with it or we understood it better like you said the the lady on tiktok in that maybe we would have a greater understanding of our own place on this planet and how we all will go back into this planet or into the atmosphere and we are all really part of one and everything we eat and do and breathe is from the ancestors and we too will be ancestors and maybe maybe i'm being wishful thinking but we could perhaps be better stewards to our planet and our home here if we had that connection which we've lost because most mm. people have i think lost that because we don't want to talk about death we don't want to think about it we don't want to think about grief until it like hits us like a ton of bricks and I think we need to have these conversations more, you know, maybe not just saw one time, but, you know, so there's a, there's a really good YouTube too. There's a mortician I like. Ask a mortician. Oh. Yeah. I was going to yeah. mention Caitlin. Yes. Caitlin Doty. Um, she's written several books. Um, she is a, a mortician and she is an advocate for what she calls a good death. 
and mm-hmm. a a good um, caring for the dead afterwards. Mm-hmm. And she she just she has all of these really great videos. Um, she even talks about what being a mortician is like. Um, and she is one of the morticians who allows people and encourages people to care for the dead body mm-hmm. in a family way, the way that we used to do, yes. because morticians didn't used to be a thing. Um, and, and you know, she really makes it easier for people to connect with their ancestors, essentially, by caring for their own dead. And she she just is really a, a and she's funny too. I mean, she, yes, she, she is, is really, really funny. Um, a, about a year ago, a drag queen did a parody of her channel dressed up as her. And it was amazing. Um, her, uh, Caitlin's fans finally, you know, got her to do a reaction video to it. And she was like, oh, she got me. She got me so good. But it's so amazing. She's like, I feel so touched that someone cared enough to do this and do it both in a gotcha kind of way, but in a a kind way that she's like, I feel like we should go out for tea. And, and of course, the the drag queen answered back and was like, girl, when this, this, this pandemic is over, we're going out. Because I just... But to be able to make jokes about death also helps us deal with death and yeah. and make peace with death. And so she she straddles that line. She can be dead serious. Uh, I didn't mean to say that, but <laughs> I didn't mean to make a pun. Well, but she can be very, very serious, but she also will make you laugh. And so she's engaging to everybody. I You know, mm-hmm. Fox, who I think saw the first Caitlin um, video with me was about 13 and squeamish. Now they watch him, watch her all the time on his, on their own and is, you know, thinks it's great. So I I suggest her to just about everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I looked up the name of the hospice nurse too. So now people have some really yes. <laughs> some death doulas uh-huh. to go watch and, and, and contemplate sitting with for a minute. So uh, her name is Julie McFadden and she just goes by hospice nurse Julie on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Um, but she also, you know, is very, um, she's very, very personable and uh, really while she's very clinical in some cases, she also she states the facts, she states what's going on, but she does so with nurturing and her voice and her demeanor. I don't I don't know how better to explain it. So, which is you know, is a really special talent for that type of role. Yeah, yeah. Well, she has to do it every day with with her patients' families. She has to be able to explain it to people who are already grieving, you know, so she, it's, it's, it's an ability that she's probably really, really good with. And now she's taking it out from just her patients out to the world, which is, I think a very noble endeavor. Same with Caitlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's, go ahead. It's a gift. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's just a gift. And we're really lucky to have people like that having opening these conversations up and, you know, allowing us to talk about it. Grief, I always say is the most unpredictable emotion. Um, So it is really nice to take time to set aside and say, I'm so thankful to my ancestors. I'm so thankful to my fur babies. I'm so thankful to my parents, my grandparents, my great, great grandparents. And, you know, just have that moment to embrace that feeling of love and appreciation for the the moments that you can share with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and know that they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always like that too. It's always funny when people, you know, want medium re- mediumship readings or, you know, what's the message from the other side? They're okay and they love you. Yeah. <laughs> That's almost yeah. always what it is. I yeah. wonder why that is. I think maybe because it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Survey says it's they're okay. They love you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I, 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 uh, it's, it is interesting. I've never, I'm not one to, to, you know, I'm, I'm not a medium, so I'm, I don't really hear spirits talking and translate them for other people. But every time I've seen someone that I could definitively say was the spirit of a dead person or the soul of a dead person, they've been okay. You know, if anything, you know, one of the really obvious ones was, was playful and was just so excited that, you know, she could fly that she just kept, you know, sort of flitting around the room and, then she realized I could see her and it, I was at her funeral and she just sort of started waving at me and stuff. And Aww. yeah, I started giggling and, and <laughs> that's not socially acceptable. So I had to pretend I was crying. It, it, it seems that there's a lot of liberation from, you know, the, the limitations of the body mm-hmm. were renting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Be a lot of liberation. I just think I'm so happy that this is the, the the motion of the conversation because it's so embedded into the the, the traditions and the you know the Samhain and the celebrations of Samhain mm-hmm. and honoring the dead, but also honoring death. Yeah, <laughs> and just you know, I think that's really really cool and important and. You know, like I said, I'm, I get squeamish. I'm hypersensitive. So <laughs> I don't like anything gory, but it, if we can do things in an honorable way and, and take care of our, our, our loved ones um, yeah, who have experienced loss as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got heavier than we thought we would, but it's a heavy, it is a heavy holiday. Even with the fun, it there's you know there's heaviness to it. So it's the end of the it's the end of the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And but with ending becomes possibilities and new beginnings. So we go into that quiet period, like you said, the comfy, cozy time when we're going to eat and have comfort foods, and it's dark and and it's it's just that wonderful meditative period that will usher in new things, new beginnings, springtime is coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. but to appreciate that, we also need, we need the closure. We need that end of the cycle. So 
It is yeah. heavy. It's a heavy time as much as there's joy, there's that as well. Well, and, and then to reflect on those uh, heavier subjects and having those deeper discussions, it allows us to be really hold ourselves in a space of gratitude. Like, holy crap, I am so lucky. Like I am alive. I'm breathing. I've got all these really cool things around me. I'm getting gnome toys. They look like little witches. And like, life <laughs> yeah. is okay. Yeah. You know, so in, in some ways it, 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 it can, it, it is, it's a really, it's a, Salon is a magical experience, you know, mm -hmm. even having those heavy discussions, it allows us to just really make, I know that like I hold my friends and my family in such like a space of just total love and appreciation. And when I think about things like that, I'm like, oh God, I'm so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and I hope everybody else has that sensation at one point this October uh, and salmon season as well. Yeah. I, I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, Absolutely. One, one more thing I'll, I'll say about the heavy discussion of death is I like the Irish tradition of the wake that families and, and, and it, it's, it's in Appalachia as well. As soon as you hear that a neighbor's family member has died, what do you do? You go over to their house with a covered dish of casserole, of a pie, of a cake, of a anything, a ham. Um, my grandma always made a ham for people, a ham. Um, Kolkanen, mm -hmm. a big dish of that, because these are things that can heat up easily. And why do you do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, you know that the family is going to descend upon this household to gather, to celebrate the life and to grieve together. So they need food. And you also know that they're in a state of shock and they, mm -hmm. they can't think to cook for themselves. Sometimes mm -hmm. people don't even want to eat and it's not until they smell food that someone has made for them with love that they that their body wakes up enough to, to mm -hmm. be hungry and to eat. Um, there's also a metaphysical side to this. When you grieve, when you've been near someone who has died, especially if you have attended at the at the bedside, you need to separate yourself from the spirit of death. You need to remember that you are alive. Mm -hmm. um, in the old days, if you grieved too much, if you forgot to eat, people would worry that you would die, that, that you had become too connected to that, the realm of death, and you would follow your loved one there. And that's, that's part of what the wake does. Is it, When people then gather after the funeral, they tell stories about the loved one, and, and you know they eat and they drink and they push food on on to the especially the close family and the people who were at the bedside and they they you know give them a, a drink of whiskey if 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 they drink if they partake because they need to be in their body they need to be in their body they need to recognize that they are alive and it's really really it helps so many things. Um, having been part of that tradition in Appalachia and watching it, 
it brings people together again. Even if there was a feud in the family, it brings people together again. And it, it, it keeps the family together and the friends. And it's a way for people to show love without having to talk. Because especially for Americans, we, we just screw up when we try to talk with grieving people. We don't mean to, but, you know, what, what, you know, we say stupid things like, it'll be okay. Well, yes, it will, but they don't want to hear that right now. But you can show that by giving them a piece of pie. You don't mm-hmm. have to say it. You know, you can hug them. You can give them food. You can bring them blankets. You can, there's so many things that you can do. And it has to do with remembering that you're alive. And helping someone get past that very first painful grief of feeling like you're dead inside. Because the shock is too much. Mm -hmm. So here's to the people who have wakes. Yes. Here, here. (laughs) In our family, it tends to be like fried chicken for some reason. Oh, that's good. I can (laughs) see that, yeah. It, it yeah, keeps well. Mashed potatoes, things like that. Yeah. Yep. It keeps mm-hmm. well. And and yeah. fried chicken well, you can eat cold or hot. Doesn't matter. It's yeah. good either way. Well, it's comfort food also. It's grounding. Yep. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does put you right back in your body. Yep. Yes. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. Maybe also makes you a little sleepy, which is important too if yes. you're going through that. You may not be sleeping. Yes. <laughs> that's that's so. true. It's it's interesting that it does all of these things and, and we think of it as, well, that's just what we've always done, but the why sometimes gets lost and and then you understand it after you've experienced it or seen it done enough over and over and over. You recognize, oh, that's, that's why, you know, and, and it's good. And, you know, it's food, so food's always good. <laughs> food is always good. Uh, you know, I, I love cooking this time of year. I'm not, I can't bake, but I could cook. So somebody else has to bring the pie or I'll just go to Costco and get the pie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I love seeing people get creative with their food, like Halloween weird stuff is, you know, um, little which cookies. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, it's just such a good thing. And, and, you know, in many ways that cooking of that food is magical too. And that's another hand craft. Yes, it is. You know, mm-hmm. You're really pouring and you, you can taste the love yes. and the effort that's gone into food. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> so, and that's fun. I, I'm thinking, I just had this like, ah, oh, thank God tonight I'm going to my bestie's house. She made soup, and you know i'm just like oh i can't wait because it's like finally getting a little colder here at night we're gonna have soup and it's like food brings everybody together Mm -hmm. yeah so it's this opportunity to share and show that you care about somebody i'm being fed i can't wait i'm so glad i'm a freegan because that's apparently the term i use flexitarian but freegan is somebody who when when the food is just gifted to them they'll eat whatever that's (laughs) how i am i i yeah yeah I'll even the only thing I won't eat is if I'm allergic to it. Um, but you know, if somebody made something for me and it's not something I would normally eat, and even if it looks a little scary, I will eat it. 
So yeah, I have Same. done that. Gratitude. Um, absolutely. Uh, and this weekend we're, um, you know, I'm having some folks over to do divination. So we're going to do some readings together and, um, you know, get the tarot cards out, get the trinket kits out. Um, and uh, also we're going to be doing art together. I said, why don't we just like make like grimoire, grimoire pages or, you know, like just put together information on the holiday and what we're going through. That's awesome. Um, nice. I like that. So no, no circle, but <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a witch's circle at the kitchen table, which is that's just perfect. as powerful yes. in my opinion. <laughs> that's, that's a hundred percent perfect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Is anybody doing any pumpkin carving? Oh, are there pumpkins in Italy? Yes. Yeah. We actually, we have our pumpkins ready and we will carve them later on this week. Uh, and nice. what we've done since we've lived here, like I live very rural um, in the mountains, in the Apennine Mountains uh, in northern Italy. And we live in a small village. So we will put the pumpkins out in at night and I will light them. And uh, And then what we've been doing is a few days after... We will take the pumpkins deep into the forest, up higher up into the mountain, as high as we can go, and we will use them as an offering. And what I do is I keep the, the guts and the, the seeds, because I can't really, like, I would love to make a pumpkin pie from scratch, but it's just, it's, I'm not a, really a baker either. It's, you know, it's not going to work out for me. It's so honestly I keep a lot of work. Yeah, so I keep all this stuff, and I and I bring it as well for, for offerings up at the top of the mountain, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I'll pour libations as well. Yeah. Um, so wow. that's, that's our, our little ritual that keeps going. Uh, yeah. And then we'll have a nice supper and, and that, like I said, it's my husband's birthday. So, and he enjoys carving the pumpkins as well. So it is something oh. we do. We're very rural here. So we don't, there are trick or treaters. Now they do trick or treat in Italy and most places, even though the Vatican's like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. But <laughs> People do it all the more. It involves so people have food. Part, the Italians yeah. will do it. Yeah. So yeah, they do. They do do trick or treating. But because we're in like a, a small, like I said, we're in rural, and there's little villages plunked throughout this this mountain here. So we have a local castle, and the castle opens up, and children can go there, and they can trick or treat in the various uh, rooms of the castle. That's which awesome. Is really, really cool. Yeah. I want to trick or treat there. I want to trick or treat in our local castle. And it is a very strange, very tailish looking castle. So that's oh, been restored. That makes and, it uh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how Halloween rolls here. Um, although, like I said, it is it's discouraged officially from the Vatican. Although Vatican doesn't isn't in charge of Italy, but it is a Catholic country. So every year the Pope kind of says, no, you shouldn't be doing, you know, devil's work or whatever, but people do celebrate it here and, <laughs> and kids do dress up and they do trick or treat. Um, and especially in areas where like there's American bases here that yeah. have been here for like decades. And of course the American tradition of trick or treating came to Italy. I think that way, though they have celebrated Samhain and versions of Samhain for a long, long time. And it's because in our region here, um, there was large Celtic community. So some of these traditions that go back to the Celts um, are still carried forward here in modern 
sort of ways like they'll do big fires and things like that and mm-hmm. um yeah 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 so that's kind of really cool too but that's that's what yeah. we'll be doing and and yeah we'll be taking our our offerings our, our jack-o'-lantern offerings up to the top of the mountain it's a very magical time very magical experience mm-hmm. and you can physically feel the liminality at this time yes. too because nature is changing yeah mm-hmm. so you know even i feel like i'm going into this little sleepy hibernation mode because it's getting dark really early oh yeah again. i'm not used <laughs> to that yet <laughs> or you know it's warm during the day and then at night it cools down it gets really cold and it's crisp it's not humid anymore and you know the colors are changing outside and there's acorns and pine oh my god we have so many pine cones on the property here you know um it, it, you, the transition of nature makes it feel so liminal, you know, and, 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 you know, the leaves are dying, mm-hmm. you know, nature is going to go to rest now. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm also going to go to rest after eating lots of comfort food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wanted to uh, tell a story about our, our pumpkin uh, donation to the woods. We do the same thing. But because we live right next to the woods, usually we just go on our front stoop and just sort of toss the the pumpkins down the hill. Mm-hmm. And usually that's fine because there's lots of trees. So it rolls a little bit and then hits a tree and it stops. That's good. That's That's the way it should work. But Morgana, she doesn't really know her own strength half the time. And so there was one year when she was a teenager, and I think it was probably like the first year that Fox actually remembered us doing pumpkin carving Um, because Morgana was 16 when Fox was born. So I think she was around 18 or 19, something like that. And she picked hers up and we leave ours on the steps until the, the squirrels start nibbling at them. You know, before we give them to the forest, the forest comes and starts to take them away. Um, And it's usually squirrels first. If it's raccoons, they end up halfway down the hill before we've donated them anyway. So um, anyway, she, I picked up mine and, and tossed it and it went splat and then kind of bleh, you know, and and hit a tree. And then um, Zach picked up foxes and tossed it and he tossed his and you know it rolled three times hit a tree somehow Morgana in throwing it overhand so she she actually used some muscle somehow it dodged the trees I don't know it just it it hit once and started to roll and it went all past the trees it went into our our neighbor's yard across their driveway down the hill (laughs) (laughs) along the side of the road and kept going (laughs) wow (laughs) until it finally i know we we were both like oh well it'll stop it'll it'll stop it'll stop (laughs) oh god (laughs) so we we i drove down and and had her riding shotgun i'm like all right we can't leave it in the middle of the road because, you know, an animal's going to get hit trying to eat it. So I'm going to, like, drive down. You jump out. You grab it. And then t- 
toss it into the woods by the side of the road. And, and she was like, I feel like this is somehow kind of like, I don't know, Nightmare Before Christmas mixed with Raising Arizona. This is just wrong. This is just bizarre. <laughs> but we did get it out of the middle of the road where it finally settled and, and she tossed it into the woods. But I'm sure that there were people looking out their windows going, what are they doing? <laughs> what are those two doing now? They're always doing something. <laughs> They're celebrating the season. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh my, one oh my God, people are going to think I threw pumpkins at them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have never repeated that mistake. You know, she's always, I was like, underhand, underhand with a short yeah. kind of throw, you know, so it just plops. <laughs> You're like a bowling ball, <laughs> a <little> softball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, and then I have a friend who, after Halloween every year, buys up cheap pumpkins that are on sale, and he has a trebuchet that he built, which is oh. a siege machine, and uh, he he lives way out in the country, and we fling pumpkins, see who can fling a pumpkin the fastest or the best wow. or the hardest or the farthest. And uh, sometimes we have people shoot arrows into them while they're in the air, but you know. <laughs> wow, that is one way to give a libation to the spirits of nature. Oh, yes. Yeah. yes, yes. And after we do that, there's always, you know, for the next few nights, there's like he he calls it the uh, pumpkin raccoon orgy that the raccoons go and just <laughs> fill up on pumpkin. I was like, oh boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This time of year is the best. I'm so yeah. <laughs> I know. As always, it's always so nice to talk to you both because it does. It reminds me of, of how special these days are, and yeah. and just pausing to talk about it or to reflect on it or you know to listen to this. It's just like, whew, you know, we made it. We made it. Yep. The season is great. Mm -hmm. This is going to be good. You know, <laughs> what do I do to continue to? enhance the magic in my life for my benefit and for the benefit of those I love. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and it's, it's time to, it's time to rest too. Like it's, it's a good time to, you know, we've gone through so much. It's time to just rest and rejuvenate, recharge. And, you know, before we know it, the light will start returning again and spring will come. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We've earned it. A I nice think... rest. Yes. Nice. Oh, cozy. I think so time yeah mm -hmm. i think so november is one of my favorite months um people it's because it's you recuperate from all the wild fun and all the mm -hmm. the, the you know the active season and november you know we have our yummy food eating holidays here um but really it's so quiet it's such i love the quiet months of the year mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and November is just one of them where it's like, all I have to do today is curl up on the couch, watch a football game or, yeah. you know, like, um, it's just so easy. It's an easy month. Yeah. It's a good yeah. month. Well, does anyone else have anything else to say? Cause we've, we've gone over all the goodness, I think. I, I hope everybody... Oh, sorry. You go. <laughs> I, I think we're probably going to say the same thing. I was just going to wish everyone uh, a blessed Samhain and a happy Halloween and um, just lots of, of good things coming 
you know, just good wishes, good positive thoughts for everybody. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I was going to say similar. Okay. Happy Halloween. Happy Samhain. And um, I hope that everybody this year finds exactly what they need to feel comfortable and cozy and grounded. I agree. I I wish everyone a blessed Samhain. Happy Halloween. And if you do toss your jack-o'-lantern down the hill just be careful how you do it and you know not overhand underhand just a little toss <laughs> not a yeah. it's not a discus it's it's not a shot put you don't have to do that <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you ladies it's always great to talk with you and uh have a good good saw when you all you too. Thank you. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you.